Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Shannon Podcast. This is Doug Williams and Keith Hernandez with you. Haji is interjecting whenever possible uh, as we've been getting this record going. He's very talkative today, so we'll see if we have any cameos. Um, since we last spoke, Mets are one and two. They lost two or three to the Rays. And again, um, they really needed to win out. And Keith's been doing all these games. So we'll talk about his impressions. And we won't talk about the season as if it's over because technically it's not. But obviously, this probably will be the last episode that. Um, Keith and I do midseason. Um, they can be eliminated as soon as today. Before we get to the baseball stuff, and there's a lot to talk about with the, on the field and also uh, the news today that um, should Steve Cohen be uh, able to, to own the New York Mets and approved by the owners in Major League Baseball, Sandy Alderson will be the team president. So a lot to react to there. Want to, though, play a clip um, of, uh, you know, it's a reaction revisited, but it's a comment of Gary Cohen's that about Keith that I thought was very amusing and also very true. Take a listen. Gary? Yes, Keith? I, I bet you we're still holding our audience. Why do you think that is? <laughs> I know why that is, Keith, but why do you think that is? Um, the variety of our show. No, I think <laughs> the, the, the what, show. What, what you have to understand about baseball is that baseball is not a game of action. Baseball is a game of anticipation. Right? Okay. You're waiting for that something to happen. The same is true of our broadcasts. People stay tuned because they just don't know what you're going to say next. Well, well, you. Me? You. No. That's why they stay tuned. Because there's that, well, I don't want to no. turn it off because Keith might say something get him fired. really outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that treading of the line. Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> That's why I stay tuned. Want to be there. Want to be there. Got to be there. Got to be there. There you go. <laughs> oh, boy. So that, that made you laugh uh, listening to it all over again, Keith. I think that's, that's pretty spot on by Gary. Uh, I, there's a variety of reasons why people listen. Uh, we are a good blend. And, um, you know, Gary's humor and he seizes the moment you know and he jumps see so quick witted everybody thinks that maybe gary doesn't have a sense of humor he does and it's very uh, i think it's really evident in the broadcasts and that's on full display right there that exchange we had that he brought that out and these games right now are a little bit tedious met fans are probably um down in the dumps and there's a part in the, some of the games have been where the Mets are out of it and we have to do a little chat, chatting, you know, to try to hold the audience there. So um, nothing new and uh, all in good fun. We have a good time together. Well, I just think it's such a good point. This is always the point that I make about the three of you, Keith, that um, it's such a smart booth because, you know, the Mets ever since SNY came into creation, um, have I, I don't know off the top of my head how many times they've been a playoff team, but there's been a lot of years where the end of the season, August and September, didn't mean much. And so it matters that the three of you are uh, so entertaining to listen to when the score is, you know, 15 to two, as it was that night from that recording, or two to one. So I, I just think it's a key aspect of the three of you and why SNY works well and as a viewer experience is because as the game gets maybe weirder, longer, later, 
you guys get loopy in all the right ways. And last night, I thought it was funny. Gary was like, that's, I think it's going to be one of those nights, Keith. Yeah, we got off to an early start. We were a little silly last night. I got stuck the LIE last night, westbound, on exit 49, all the way to, I would say, close to 40. It was an accident. It was completely shut down. The west, the west, uh, westbound traffic shut the whole highway down. So I had to go, you know, thank God for ways that I, that I was able to go through neighborhoods and get around it. But that kind of drove me crazy. And I never like to have a, a drive where it makes me tense and edgy. So we kind of went on the, I went on the air a little loopy last night. So right from the get go. And it's all fun. We're kind of at the end here. This has been a, uh, it's got to be a tough season for everybody, the fans, the players. Uh, for the, us, we haven't gone on the road. You know, Ron lives in Connecticut. Gary's got a long drive from Connecticut, and I have a very long drive out here. We've not had the break. We're on the road trip. I've had to drive in, and, and it's an hour and a half, or, you know, uh, one way, three hours a day in the car. And I'm at the end of my tether. And uh, there's four games left, and or three games left, uh, four games. And uh, uh, I'll be glad not to make that drive for for six months. <laughs> like in, in the broadcast last night, I believe what you said was uh, we got Haji um, being lifted on the shoulder. He was he, he needs attention. Um, you said it's nice when you're on the road and you know you finish your game, you go to the hotel bar and have a toddy and then go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Like, I mean, everyone can relate to that in your job. You know, you some sort of camaraderie. We talked about how that might be affecting players. Obviously, it's right. affecting you guys too. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's get to President Sandy. This is such an interesting development, Keith, and I'm so curious to get your take in particular because you oftentimes refer to the Sandy era and that regime as occasionally um, drilling things into the heads of his players that maybe you're not uh, in favor hitters. of, like hitters. Hitters. hitters, hitters specifically. So Dom Smith, for example, you talk about him and how they wanted him to be a power hitter and try and get that launch angle up. And he got away from what he did. He did so well. And obviously now he's the hitter he is. However, at the same time, Sandy and his regime are responsible for getting and drafting a lot of yes. players like that. Correct. So where are you on that decision by Steve Cohen that it looks like Sandy will be the next team president of the Mets? Well, I think that, you know, Sandy has worked in the commissioner's office. He's highly respected in the baseball world. And uh, obviously Mr. Cohen needs to be approved. I think he'll be approved. I mean, they're not going to, he's in. Um, I like Sandy actually as the, as overseeing everything, all the operations uh, of the club. Um, he did draft some great talent. He made the, the, the uh, did he make the Syndergaard trade? I think he did. And um, yep. yeah, so uh, I just don't agree. Sandy thinks, and I respect his opinion is that the team, he says the team that out homers the other team wins, I think it was 70% of the time. Okay, I think that's painting with a broad brush. Um, I feel that wanting everybody to pull and hit home runs and lift, launch angle, uh, has, could ruin a lot of hitters and has. Uh, and I think that's why there's so many strikeouts in today's game and that's why I think the game has become a little more boring. It's too many strikeouts, too many walks. Uh, 
and too many home runs. It's not, not, not they're not action. Um, I remember talking with Dom and he was completely lost and they were trying to get him to pull. That's when, that's when Kevin Long was here with that Yankee swing, the short porch. Well, we don't have a short porch here. Now the balls are juiced, the balls are flying. Um, you can hit home runs today, in my, my opinion, hitting line drives. You think Conforto, Dom, they don't have to alter their swing. They don't have to become dead pull hitters. And not everybody can be that. I mean, you want to do that to Jimenez? I don't think so. Jimenez is the table setter. I don't want to do that with McNeil. McNeil hasn't hit home runs this year. He has the potential. It's just such a, it, it's such a bizarre year, the 60 games, that it's just hard to judge. Players can't get into the flow. There's no fans. There's no adrenaline. It, it's just a year that's hard to make an evaluation. Uh, but I, don't, I want McNeil getting base hits, top of the order. Uh, hitting doubles, hitting in the clutch, which he does, and hitting for hitting for average and on base percentage, which he does. So uh, it's it's a mild disagreement in philosophy, and uh, yeah. I'm very curious to see which direction the team goes when he takes over. Well, two points, Keith. Uh, first, I should have made it at the top of this um, this topic was that I, I do think, and, and Jeff made this point right before we started the podcast that. Uh, I think part of the reason Steve Cohen's bringing Sandy in is because the respected uh, baseball guy to oversee every aspect of the organization for Cohen to say, uh, Hey, before you approve me, just know that this is a responsible spender and somebody who's well-respected across the league. I'm not as, as Andy put it on the podcast earlier this week, I'm not going to spend like a drunken sailor. I have Sandy Alderson at the helm. Uh, this is going to be, I'm going to be just like the rest of you owners. So the chances of him getting approved were already high, if not a hundred percent, but uh, this will help. The other thing, Keith, is that the difference in philosophy that you're talking about with uh, maybe what, Sandy thinks is important in young hitters and the, and the guys he drafts. I mean, don't you think that that's less worrisome now, not only because he's in a more powerful position, but also because Nimmo, Conforto, Dom, all of these guys are established big league hitters. And it's not going to be the kind of thing where Sandy's going to be in a position to go talk to Dom Smith and say, Hey, you know, how you hit X number of home runs last year. If you do this, you could hit 45 next year. Well, yeah, I think so, because they were all in their early years right? and trying to get their feet wet. All, feet wet. all the more reason I feel, from my experience, is don't do that to young hitters. Let the young hitters find their way, get their confidence. We've watched the, the group you just mentioned right now. You said now they're major league hitters. Well, they were going through a, a, a very, very uh, sketchy, iffy uh, stage in their career to get to that point, let them get there. And then as they get more experience, then let them learn to pull. I like to see hitters look inside. I don't see enough hitters looking inside today or don't know how to look inside. Uh, and you know, for, if you get a certain count in your favor to look middle in and try to hit a home run without overswinging, that's, I have no, no issue with that. So yes, I agree with what you just said. Uh, I think the more important thing is to, is that, look, if you were the owner of, if you were Steve Cohn, do you have the baseball knowledge? You hire baseball people to handle your club. And I think that Sandy is a baseball guy in every respect, from administrative to uh, personnel 
player personnel. He's well-rounded in his baseball knowledge. He's been in the game for ages. Uh, and you want a guy like that as your second in command I'll oversee the ball club. Then the owner, all you do with me if I'm the owner is, hey, I'd like to get player X. He's going to cost Y. Uh, how much can I go to get that player? And then do I write the check? My hands are totally off the running of the ball club. I hire competent people to handle that aspect. Yeah. Cohen's such a big Met fan, and he's so wealthy that I've speculated about this on the podcast already. But, you know, I'm just curious to know if he's going to be that hands-off because that's the smart business move, Keith. As a business person, Steve Cohen should let the baseball decisions uh, go to the baseball people like Sandy Alderson. But part of me wonders if he's going to want to Jerry Jones it and kind of make some decisions on his own, not just be the checkbook, but also somebody who's consulted in these baseball decisions because well, he's been he watching should, the team for a while. He should be consulted and he should have an input. He is the, he is the man. Um, but I think that uh, if I'm uh, Mr. Cohn and I don't, and I'm not a baseball guy. I'm just a fan. Uh, I'm going to ultimately defer to my people that I have uh, handling the ball club. And if they fail to bring results, you fire them. I mean, their job is to bring results. Yeah. If they don't, you find other people. So we'll, I mean, we, we're just speculating here, but, but it'll be interesting to see all this. Uh, how, uh, if, when, if and when Mr. Cohn is uh, approved by ownership, which I think will happen, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get a taste of it next spring. So, I want to go into the three batter rule now. And you mentioned Jimenez. So the three home runs he now has on the season, two oppo, and then he drilled one off the facing of the, the second deck in right, right last night. And again, it's just, he seems special in certain ways. So I, I actually want to start with Ahmed Rosario. Um, Keith, there are some things that Jimenez can do that Rosario just can't, even though Rosario was the top prospect in baseball at one point. Um, are you ready to make a determination that Jimenez is just a better overall player than Rosario, or do you see Rosario still as a, as a part of the Mets' future? Well, I think the Mets are going to make some changes. I think that they're, uh, it's been a disappointing season. I know they're not mathematically eliminated, and Gary made the point that really their best chance to get in is for the Marlins to lose all yeah. the games and the Mets to win out. That's wishful thinking, but it could happen. The best chances for second place as opposed to the wild card. There's just too many teams in front of us. Um, the Giants won last night, so they're one over 500. You know, this whole thing, there could be five teams at 500 in the end. You know, there, there could yeah. be. And uh, the Mets can't get to 500 now. They cannot get there. So they're in trouble. Uh, uh, Rosario. Uh, as far as Rosario, uh, I think that he'll be uh, uh, shopped around. I think a lot of people are going to be shopped around with a new, new regime coming in uh, to see what players, what they can get, what they feel they need. I mean, I see Jimenez as someone with a bright future, and I don't see him going anywhere. He's a he's a good he's an A he's a he's a plus A, a fielder at shortstop. Uh, I really like him at shortstop. Uh, Rosario hustles. I even though uh, he's hitting 260, his value is probably down a little bit. But there'll be teams interested in him, I'm sure. But uh, I don't think you can keep both. 
Okay. I think one or the other. I mean, I think that Jimenez will be, you don't want to sit him on the bench. If you're going to go with Jimenez, he's got to play every day. So uh, I think one of the big missions of whoever the GM is this off season will be to make the, the team better defensively up the middle. Do you, how would you feel about keeping Rosario here and putting him in center field? I don't like that. You're asking someone to, it's what happened with Juan Samuel and we traded for Juan Samuel with the Phillies. He was Phillies second baseman. We had Greg Jeffries. Uh, we traded for him with McDowell and uh, Dykstra, I think it was. Uh, and we put Juan in center field and it made him uncomfortable, affected, uh, affected his performance because it wasn't a position he was familiar with. And uh, he wound up not really performing like he did at Philadelphia for us. And plus defensively, it, it, it knocks you down. And uh, this is a big ballpark. I think you need defense. I really think you need defense. We have potential, uh, well, our pitching has not been good this year. But you know, whether you've got a good pitching staff or not, uh, you need defense. And I, uh, I don't like Rosario in center field. Okay. Um, let's move to Seth Lugo, Keith, because the numbers still dictate that he's a more dominant pitcher out of the bullpen than he is in the rotation. But when you watch Seth navigate a start like he did a couple nights ago successfully, do you think that the Mets should tell him this offseason you're a starting pitcher now moving forward, or do you think he should be a reliever? That depends who you get. I mean, that's going to be a decision made with a new group coming in. Now, do they trade for starters? And now Lugo can go in the back, you know, hit back into the bullpen. Um, I love the way he threw the other night against Tampa. He didn't overthrow. I think he had a big, learned a big lesson. And now, granted, he was midseason, a guy, and last few years and into this season was throwing one inning, two innings, max. Then I had to stretch him out. When he got lit up, early in Toronto, he was throwing his fastball. And I think that was a great lesson for him. This game will, is, it will bite you. And I'm not saying that he was cocky, but he had had success. Well, maybe my fastball isn't that good. And I've got pretty good curveball, right? And I got a pretty good changeup, and I got great command. I can mix my pitches up. And that's what he did. I saw in his start against Tampa was that he was throwing in the nineties, but easy and free and then when he needed that little extra fastball he put a little something extra on it but he mixed up his pitches used his curveball he had a good one uh and sprinkled in his changeup. he really pitched and this is where i'm hoping the game is going coming going going to it coming back to where it was and all these geniuses that thought they had it. everybody throw 90 miles 100 miles an hour through a brick wall that don't have an idea and it might make a pitter look bad, but might walk the ballpark. Instead of, you don't have to throw 100 miles an hour to get major league hitters out. And I think the major league hitters aren't used to it. They're used to hard throwers and guys that uh, uh, aren't refined. And I really think it could be a resurgence in the refined pitchers coming back. Guys that dart here, pitch there, or here little off there, boom there, know how to pitch. That's what I missed in the game. It was the beauty of the game for me. And I saw it with Lugo last night. And a guy like Lugo pitching like that, he's not putting a lot of energy into every pitch. 
and he can go. I mean, if it was 40 years ago, he'd be going nine innings. Okay, the Grom would be going nine innings, but that's over with. But he can go seven, and then you hand it off to your your setup man and your your closer, and you're not taxing your the other end of your bullpen, which all the bullpens aren't you know stocked. All eight or nine in the bullpen. There's a lot of guys you could fatten your average up on in those in every team. Mm-hmm. I think of modern day Justin Verlander. Obviously, before he got hurt, he used to start games 89, 90. And then when he needed that 95 to 98 later right. on in the game, he, he'd show that. And I think Lugo is so interesting because it's hard to prepare for if you're a hitter. I mean, you're not preparing for a standardized 95 mile an hour fastball. You might see 89, 90 in the first couple of innings. You might see 89, 90 in the seventh or eighth. Um, so I agree. I think he's really good at navigating a lineup, which is something we don't see enough. Um, Pete Alonzo, Keith, I'm watching last night. Glasnow's got a, a nasty, uh, what was the last one? You Snappy tuna. You, you uh, referred to that on the broadcast, which, again, I'm not sure what that is, but I, I know it to be a curveball from right. the way you, you um, snap, snappy Tom, snappy tuna. Um, Keith, uh, Keith uh, Pete's swinging at balls that are in the grass, you know, not even in the dirt. And then the night before, he hits an 118-mile-an-hour base hit. He hits a home run. He drives in three runs. So I just – I keep thinking, yeah, he's fixed now. And then, boom, he looks terrible at the plate. So what do you think? I mean, is it just the weirdness of this season, or is he going through some legitimate issues here? I think it's a sophomore jinx. Uh, and we'll see next year where this goes, if it continues, or he starts fresh. But he needs this season to get over. He looked, he looked terrible last night. He hit the last at bat, he hit the ball hard. They were way ahead for grooving fastballs, but uh, Glasnow with the curveball, you know, made him look really bad. And Glasnow can do that with hitters, but Pete swung at pitches that were totally out of the strike zone, totally lost on the breaking ball. So I know that he's hitting, uh, everything's speeding up on him right now. When you start swinging at pitches that are bouncing in the dirt before home plate, for, they don't even hit home plate. Everything's fast. It's slowed down, and, you, and you're hitting panicked. Uh, I've been there, so um, I just think he needs to. He needs six months off, collect himself. And um, I mean, this is a lost season for him. I mean, that's all there is to it. It's a lost season for Ramos as well. Um, so uh, we'll see how it goes next year, and hopefully, we'll have fans back in. The stands, and um, hopefully we'll have a 162-game schedule. And some time for a toddy at the hotel bar before uh, retiring. Oh, to bed. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to put this house on sale, uh, up for sale. Because I tell you what, if I have to drive 100, I do 110 games. If I have to drive from here 110 games, I will get fired. <laughs> <laughs> So I gotta, I'm thinking about going back in the city and just cutting a deal with a hotel. I'm really, really strongly considering it. Um, one of the things that I've learned from you this season and talking with you about Pete is, is kind of getting uh, this conversation that I know we're going to be having in the offseason about do you go into next season with Don Smith as your first baseman or Pete Alonso. Um, the cautionary tale that Pete is is should also be a cautionary tale for Dom going into next year because Dom has been great in 2020, but that does not necessarily guarantee he'll be great. He'll be, he'll be the same hitter next year. 
You're only so, as good as your last at bat. Right. So just like Pete wasn't guaranteed a good season this year because he had a great one last year. I think you go into next year with both of them and you see what happens. It doesn't need to be a decision you make in the off season or right now, especially uh, who's your first baseman of the future. Again, I host a couple talk shows. We'll talk about it, but it doesn't mean that um, the smarter baseball people in these uh, in this organization are actually going to have those conversations. Cause I just don't think it, you're ready to do that yet. Um, this date in Mets history before we go, Keith, uh, 1969, Miracle Mets clinched the National League East for their organization's first postseason appearance. How long before they clinch something again? It's been a while now. When do you think the next playoff team will be for, for Mets fans who are, who are anxious to clinch something again? Well, if they go with the format this year with 8 out of 15 teams, I think the odds are pretty much in favor to get in. I hope they don't do it. To me, yeah, I, it would just make a joke of the postseason. Keep the format the way it was. The two wildcard teams and uh, the three divisional winners and let them battle it out. I mean, it's a real possibility that there could be a sub in the national league, a sub 500 team in the playoffs. Come on, give me a break. You can't have that. Can't. It's like Ronnie said, it's a participation award. Now it's everywhere in this country. It's a participation award in little league. Now what in the major league level, give me a break. So you're saying maybe the Mets, uh, Mets have a chance for clinching next year, even if you think they don't deserve it. There's a lot of things that they have. Well, if they keep the format, I mean, you saw Vaccaro's column today in the post that was pretty scathing. And, uh, you know, they're eight of the 15 teams got in. The Mets didn't get in. And there was a high expectations. It was a very dis- disappointing season. So uh, I do feel if there's eight out of 15 teams next year, yes, they'll get in. They got a lot of holes they got to fill. Uh, we can't speculate on that now but until we find out how they put this team together for next year. But I'm hoping that they go back to the old format and don't get greedy for postseason money. I think you get Real Muto behind the plate. It's the definition of easier said than done. You get a good defensive center fielder. You get some pitching. Steve Cohen comes in, changes the, the, uh, the, the rotation, the roster, the look of the roster. I think the potential is there for a playoff team next year. I think that the DH is here to stay. So Dom's your first baseman to answer your one little thing you brought up. And Pete is your DH. Okay. And you can want to give Cano a rest. Cano's here. He's not going anywhere. Right. And he can still hit. He's having a great year. And uh, he'll hit next year. And then if Cano needs a rest, you DH Cano. And then you sit Pete down on a tough right-hander. It's a tough left-hander. You know, you put Pete out there. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, a lot of moving parts. But I think on a day-to-day basis, because there's more right-hand pitchers, I think Dom is your first baseman. He gives a better glove, and Pete uh, is your DH. And I, if you're going to rebuild this team, I'm always, always say it, pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what I'm hopeful for. Yep. Get some pitching. All right, Keith, well, we got to get you to the ballpark, right? We're, we're no. an hour early. We're an hour early tonight, remember? We got a six o'clock, six o'clock start. What time is it? <laughs> it's one, one o'clock. I'll go another hour. Got... I'll, leave, I'll leave it two. Okay. Well, um, I'm all dressed, ready to go. You're ready to go. I got um, my San Francisco Seal t-shirt on from the old Pacific Coast League. I love and, this. And uh, Haji's, Haji's going to have to say goodbye. He was very, uh, he was craving attention for the entire podcast, but he'll have to hang out, wait for you to get home tonight after that long drive home. 
uh, for one of the last times of the season, luckily yes. for you. Um, again, folks, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever we appreciate it. Uh, Keith, thank you. We'll be back with you next week, playoffs or not, to talk more Mets baseball. I hope, we'll we can do, I hope we can do it all winter. That'd be great. It'd be good fun. Well, we'd be happy to have you. I can keep you in the line. Thank <laughs> you.